Um, where are you geographically right now? I'm in the Hippie Hut, of course. In the Hippie Hut? Where is the Hippie Hut located? No, I'm in the metaphorical Hippie Hut. The real Hippie Hut is on the island of Papa Stewart off the west coast of Shetland, where I was born. And the Hippie Hut does exist. It's still there. It still hosts visitors. And sometimes I will really be podcasting from the actual Hippie Hut. However, today I am in the west end of the Granite City. The Granite City, no less. So one of my um, apartments. Hopefully soon to be sold, this one. Oh, right. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Do the psychedelic mushrooms come with the sale? If somebody's really lucky, they'll get a brand new Bosch washing machine and some magic mushrooms. Some psilocybin. (laughs) (laughs) It's all the rage in Silicon Valley, you can. All all microdosing. Let's do it. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, good man. So what is the deal with your year-long cold? Uh, October, Halloween last year, Sarah said, we're going to a Halloween party. I went to the Halloween party on the way there, started coughing, started having drippy sinuses for a solid year. And I've yes. been through the sort of medical mill of antihistamines, antibiotics, steroid sprays. The next thing they're going to do is a chest x-ray. But this all happened. And, you know, so... I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do pay attention to what might be known as alternative news. I like the balance. Um, I don't fall down rabbit holes, but I do listen um, and make judgments based on that. And someone mentioned once about this pandemic, that the hidden unspoken pandemic of people who are now ill from either COVID symptoms or long COVID or as from reactions to vaccines. Now, I'm not sure if I fall into that category, but I did ask the doctor the question and there was a very uncomfortable silence. Very uncomfortable silence. Are you now dealing with things that you don't really understand that many people are dealing with? I put out that post because I was speaking to half a dozen, 10 people who are like, I'm the same. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that's a little trend. And it's just been a, a wash of people coming back saying, ever since COVID and the vaccines, I don't know if it's one or the other or both, I have had permanent chest, nasal, sinusy things and other symptoms. And I've even spoken to one person who asked for a call with me to tell me that their life has been turned since the second vaccine. Um, they thought they were going to die three hours after they got it. They were crawling up the stairs, holding onto their head because they thought their brain was going to come out of their head. And are now have now joined a little underground faction in Scotland of people who are preparing a case to take to the courts with medical scientists, medical and scientists, and a bunch of people who reckon the vaccine has really fucked them up. Mm. Well, I'm sorry to hear you're suffering. I, as you can imagine, because of the kind of work I do, people tell me things that they maybe wouldn't say on social media. And your story is not an uncommon story, but there are varying degrees of this story and some people i know have had embolisms um strokes etc that their medical professionals told them were a result of the v um i'm not a medical professional i make no judgment on that i personally didn't take any because i'm a deeply um questioning individual and when i was when i first heard about them i thought well how can you develop a vaccine to something that quickly now i i then heard some I considered rather half-assed arguments as to how they could do it. And I said, well, genuinely, I just don't buy that. I don't don't buy that you can do it that quickly, so I'm out. 
So I never, I never took any. Now, obviously, I've had COVID a couple of times, but I, but I don't think I really fall into an at-risk group. I'm relatively slim, and I'm you know at the time I was 47, 48. The thing that really fascinates me, I heard a stat yesterday. Now, where was it? It was basically these will be publicly available. The the winter deaths in Scotland were the worst they've ever been last winter. Yeah, not in the year of COVID. Now that that didn't make sense to me. That doesn't seem to add up, unless. Well, I don't think I need to say it, but because I'm I don't particularly buy into. Well, what is a conspiracy anyway? It's an interesting term. They do say some people say. The term was invented by the CIA to stop people asking difficult questions about something. I don't know if that's true or not. It doesn't really matter. The point is it does stop people asking difficult questions. And my whole job's about asking challenging questions. Yeah, totally. So I, I think if 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 people are suffering like you are, and as I say, I know people that have suffered to varying degrees, some terribly, I mean really terribly, and their doctors are saying they you know, between their doctors wouldn't publish this somewhere because they know what will happen, but they'll say it to their face. Yeah, that they think it's because of the vaccine. So I, I do think it's rather, well, it's horrific that people are not able to talk about that. Actually, I think that's really yeah, absolutely. Out. And and you know, I count myself very very lucky because there are people who've had, as you say, um, aneurysm, strokes, and all of that. I have to blow my nose three or four times a day, and I have a bit of, <laughs> I have got a bit of a, a deeper voice. Uh, yeah. Hardly suffering, you know. But but the fact is, I know I know I feel slightly different. I know I'm dealing with yeah. this. I know that I'm I'm now using uh <laughs> which my colleague just referred to as a Victorian vape the other wow. day. Um Himalayan salt pipe. Ah, cool. So uh, which is from the result of a little bit of content that I put saying I've for a year I've been snotty and, and sinusy yeah. and all that. And um, you know, I mentioned this to my doctor and blah blah blah, and I boom, this avalanche of I'm the same, I'm the same, I'm the same, try this. So there's a bunch of things in there that are quite sort of, you know, easy to adopt. You know, someone someone was like, uh, I vastly increased my B12 intake and it's really helped. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fair enough. So I'll, I'll just, I've, I've never really paid attention to B12. I shall now start doing B12. Someone said maybe vitamin D. I used to do a lot of vitamin D. Uh, I'm going to go back to it. So I'm going to go back to it and try and see if there's a vitamin imbalance some someone said, "Get yourself," and it's truly horrific. Truly horrific. Get onto Amazon. Here's the link. Buy this sinus irrigation thing, which is oh my! Even <laughs> even if you don't have blocked sinuses, buy one of these just for the buzz. Yeah. It's an, unbelievable. You put 500 milliliters, so half a liter of yeah. boiled and cooled water, still warm, with some saline solution. Turn this thing upside down. Press the button on the top. Stick one side up, one side of your hooter, and let half a liter of fluid just flush around your sinuses. You think you're going to die, right? You think, yeah. you think your head's going to explode, and then and then it just comes out the other nostril, and then do half a liter on the other side. So I'm now doing two liters a day, morning and night, uh, through my <laughs> through oh my, my sinuses. God, that sounds. That sounds a lot like waterboarding. I remember when Christopher Hitchens was alive. When Christopher Hitchens was alive, he said, I don't think waterboarding's torture. So someone called him out on it. So he fair play to him. He went into the hills in America somewhere with these uh, special agents who've waterboarded him. And then he said, Yeah, that was torture. Yeah. To- yeah. Sorry. I take it all back. Yeah. So sounds like what you're doing. Flash at waterboarding in the morning and the evening and sucking on a Victorian vape. Full of Himalayan pink salt that you breathe through and it pulls into your respiratory system, pulls a load of water in and irrigates the whole system, and you cough up a whole heap of stuff. So, 
I'm not getting a massive response back from the NHS. It's like, yeah, we'll just try something different. I said, guys, you know, we'll be trying lots of stuff here. What is this? So I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for them to react and also taking the bull by the horns and trying things. I've tried, I've massively cut down, if not completely, sometimes it's difficult too, but I've massively cut out UPF from our, from our diet, ultra processed foods. I don't know how they can call them ultra processed foods, you know, plastics and homogenized hydrogenated things. I've, Mrs. D and I have are, are actively now checking labels, trying to get UPF out very hard because it is everywhere, yeah. everywhere and in everything, even in the healthiest of healthy drinks, you know, the, the, the well-known health foods, there's lots of UPF in there. So we're trying to cut that out and just do, you know, lots of good exercise, breathing fresh air. I even, <laughs> I even, how the world's changing. This is the hippie hut, right? So, yeah. um, uh, I've got a, I've got a mate who contacted me and said, "Oh, I'm exactly the same," and he's quite a quite a hardline guy. This is this is a guy you would follow this guy through fire. He's quite firm and he's quite yeah. firm in his views. And he contacted me the other day and he said, "I've completely gone for all this sort of like bio hippie stuff." He said, "Every morning I get up in the morning, we do freshly squeezed turmeric, ginger, and lemon, and my girlfriend and I go out and stand with bare feet on the grass in the garden and just breathe." Mm-hmm. Just to connect with nature. Yeah, grounding. Grounding. Yeah, I totally get it. Totally get it, right? He says, I'm doing cold water therapy, which I love. I've been doing it for a couple of years. Not as extreme as you, or not as natural as you, because you go out and use Mother Nature. You go into rivers and ponds and lakes. I use a shower or a bath. So, yeah, so, so to see people's mindset changing to being connected, being connected to, you know, bare feet on grass, munching their toes through the grass, standing, just breathing, breathing in, breathing out, getting that oxygen into the other parts of the, the body and the brain that are, that are not getting it and, and seeing the benefits, I think, I think is only a good thing. I guess the outlook I would have, I mean, I've had my own health challenges the last couple of years, nothing to do with COVID or the vaccines, completely unrelated. And I've come to a place now where I genuinely feel there they've been gifts now that's i understand that's easy to say somebody it's easy to say it's harder to really feel it and to be honest i didn't really feel it until i did a plant medicine journey early this year so i'm i'm not pretending that it was some psychological trick i played on myself it was through ayahuasca journeying and with skillful shaman guides it wasn't it's not really down to me hold Um, the bus ayahuasca yeah we don't have enough time on this podcast for me to ask you all the questions that I have about ayahuasca. Well, we, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess my point though is that it's cured me of a number of things. One thing it's pretty much taken away is health anxiety. So right now, because of whatever's going on with my spine, my right arm is quite numb and cold. I was meant to get an x-ray this morning, but the, the NHS um, sadly didn't have a radiotherapist after all. So what was two weeks became four weeks and is now six weeks. And I know that's still quick because it's out in Aberdeenshire. So I do understand I'm fortunate. However, yeah, my mindset is I'm just a lot more relaxed about things. So I I don't get involved in politics anymore. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but during COVID and that kind of time, I would I would post quite a lot of sort of challenging articles and polls and things, not to be kind of outwardly saying, for fuck's sake, don't take the vaccines, but to try and get people to question just what they were being told. And I know it led to loss of contracts. I know that 100% because I've been told. Um, because people, 
well, people don't want to doubt, and that, I I totally get that. But anyway, I don't have any hard feelings about that. It's it's just it's just the way it was. Yep. And the ayahuasca journey has taken me to a place where, yeah, I'm just completely chilled about it all. I'm not even sitting here stressing about potential World War Three, which I would have been prior to those journeys. I think you would have all been going apart. It's been revolutionary for me. But in terms of the people who did what they thought was the right thing. They did what the government told them. They did what their health professionals told them. They had no reason to doubt it, especially if they weren't looking in the rabbit hole parts of the internet. And then they've been left huge numbers of them. And the numbers are just staggering with all kinds of things from the, you know, the nasal and whatever issues you've got all the way through, as we said, to some really, really unpleasant things. And I suspect, I don't want to say this on a podcast, but, you know, the, the, well, the statistics don't add up. So yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that really. Other than to say I'm I'm not in a place now where I will shout and scream about that online because I feel it's completely pointless. And the place I've come to is the best thing I can do is just to meet everyone that I come across with love in my heart, really. And I know it sounds hippy dippy and that's fine because it is hippy dippy. One of the realizations I had on the first plant medicine journey was that my upbringing on a little hippie island with hippies it's all a gift, even though I'd resented it in many ways for years. So I'm just embracing it, and that's fine. You, and I did I did wonder, you know, within the first few weeks, I was thinking, is this going to wear off? And am I going to just be the same kind of slightly, well, very frustrated political guy? But no, because that was about six months ago now, and I that hasn't worn off. That's fabulous. That is very, very interesting indeed. Very interesting. And I think, I mean, what age are you now? 50 this year, mate. 50 this year. So we're, we're a couple of years apart, right? I'm, I'm 52. I'll be, I'll be 53 on January the 1st. Um, I think you either battle on and, and don't take those routes to self discovery and, and actually stopping for a second and saying, right, what am I? How do people perceive me? How do I perceive myself? What am I in life? What am I to me? What's important to me? And what's, what's all the noise that's actually not helping? that I've just all the baggage and my, you know, what's in my rucksack of me and, you know, what's useless and just taking up pointless energy and pointless nonsense. And I think in many, in many stages of my life going through even my career, I think I was not the best version of myself because I was trying to be something else. I was trying to be something else. So I, I had too much nonsense in my rucksack that maybe I think there are, certain circumstances where I maybe go like to go back in time if I could and make different choices and have different conversations, maybe slightly different behavior. But I think my little blessing is having the, having the epiphany thunk moment to stand and go, actually, actually, if, if your focus is health, love, respect, care, all of these lovely things, um, you can still be, a super successful person in your business. You can still, it doesn't necessarily have to be all fire and brimstone and charging forward. And if you're not with me, you're against me and all of that. And I still see a lot of that fire and brimstone and kind of like toxic behavior in various aspects of my professional life. As we, as we crawl out into, into um, organizations and things like that, you still see little pockets of that. I just wish I could grab those people or those groups to one side and go, you know, um, <laughs> there's a there's a great um, there's a great meme going around on TikTok just now where it's just a very calm voice saying it's like they're starting a meeting in California or something, and someone says just before we start this really serious important 
meeting. I just want everyone to realize that all of this is pointless. All of this is nonsense. And this is just stuff that we do to keep ourselves occupied until we die. Um, and actually, none of this means anything. So none of us should really get too stressed about it. And we can probably work it all out really calmly. So why don't we just have a nice conversation instead of everybody getting all hit up and angsty? Because this is all meaningless in the grand scheme of things. And 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 other, I know that's just a joke. Um, and things are super important in business and all of that. But I think uh, if I could click my fingers and have one thing happen is for people just to be more respectful, be more, be more super careful of how they're dealing with people. One of the things I've started doing recently, and I wish I'd discovered it years ago, was asking new hires how they like to work. Instead of just, this is how we work, you either, you either like it or you don't, mm-hmm. tuning into how you like to work. And that beautiful little question at an interview makes people go, oh, um, uh, actually, I, I hate noise. I can't, I can't cope with it. And it drives me batty. And I'm like, oh, right, okay, we've got a particularly noisy office. We'll have to, we, if we love you and we want you to work here and you're re- really a great person to be with us, we'll have to make sure that you're happy here. And that's on us to do that. Uh, or if you are a person who's got anxiety about a particular thing, I, I want to know about that up front, confidentially or even openly, so that we can build a little environment around you. Now, whether you can do that with 30,000 employees, maybe not, I don't know. But smaller companies can pay attention to how people want to work and what people need. And I'm not an expert in the neurodiversities and the isms and and ADHDs and autisms of the world. I've met some people and spoken to them, but speaking to those people about how they prefer to work and how they need to live. I think if you're not educating yourself as a leader in that, you're failing. You're really missing a point. You mentioned new hires and us. Who Who is us? Who are you new hiring for? Because the last time we spoke would have been relatively, would have been in the middle of the pandemic. And yeah, I think you might have your career might have evolved. What, what yeah, so, so we used to train people in um, at Crux, my little company, when I, when I left and set up Crux. And <laughs> my wife and I still laugh about it. We set up a company at the end of 2019. Mm. <laughs> what <laughs> happened in the first quarter of 2020? Um, I remember. <laughs> the world turned upside down, right? Everything stopped. So um, we, which was actually, actually, I, 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 considering what we do is a really good time to start it because we, we taught companies a mythology and a process, a methodology and a process and a framework for how to grow commercially using digital channels and social media. So we did that for a number of years. Everything was going really, really well. I in was fact, active. Eric, Eric, if we were looking for a motive for releasing the the the, the uh, COVID, we would have to say that you had motive. I possibly, yeah, absolutely. And don't check my passport for trips to Wuhan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I was asked by the guys at OGV if I could come in. I did a lot of live work, and I've got a history in the energy sector. Actually, if I'm being brutally honest, more in oil and gas, but latterly energy. And I was asked if I would come in and present a live show for them because I was doing lots of live work. Mm. I said yes. I got closer and closer to the OGV guys. And then they said, um, how's it going with Crux? And I said, fine, fine. But there's loads of things that we need to do, um, which I can't do with our small company because of time, capital, and resources. And they said, well, we've got ideas um, that maybe match with yours. And they did. Why don't we do what you're doing and center all of what you do with all of the new stuff around it? So now we're, we've created the OGV studio. We, we incorporated on March the 6th. And we are a 
A digital media company with a difference. We are centered around training, coaching, and development of organizational teams from PLCs to startups. And we also do lots of fringe, but associated things like we're big into videography through that door there. There's, I would say some of the best videographers I've ever met in my life, editors, video editors. We're trying to do new stuff with video. Um, we don't want to do, obviously if our clients really, really want it, we'll try and persuade them, but we don't want to do, we are the best in class, world-class engineering we don't want to. We want to do like Netflix documentaries about what makes you tick as an organization. We want to get into the DNA and the very fiber of why you do what you do, and uh, and how that how that absolutely helps people. So we are doing a lot of videography work. We run social media for companies. We write their content and all of that. But it's centered around this this training, and it's the company's the OGV Studio. Cool. I've done. So you're. Oh yeah. Well, so you're. Oh, you're part of. What, are you running OGV Studio then? I'm the, I'm the managing director of OGV Studio, which is a separate company within OGV Group. Got you. An OGV, big media company, energy sector, membership community, uh, a raft of uh, really well-read and well-subscribed to energy-related magazines, um, lots of events and uh, and lots of stuff sort of stepping to the right or the left of that there's a there's a a a newish wing well it's a couple of years old now where ogv has a a load of bars and golf clubs and and event places ogv podium ogv tap room all of these amazing places so ogv studio is the latest um addition to you know everything that everything that ogv does is about bringing people together and that's essentially what we're doing but we do it digitally and is it all as is ogv all Aberdeen based. And the reason for asking that is historically Aberdeen for decades has been an oil and gas city. And I heard you make the distinction oil and gas energy. But what do you, I mean, basically what I'm asking is what do you think the future is for Aberdeen? This is an ongoing conversation I'm having with multiple people. There was a time, there was a time, if you'd maybe asked me that last year, I would have said, I'm really, really concerned. I'm still concerned, but I see, I see, positive measures in energy security and energy transition and the companies that are doing wonderful things there and all of this support. One of the things that I've really found out by doing these live shows that we do is because we, we work with on these live shows, we don't we don't just allow companies to come on and say, we have a world-class leading widget that's really fantastic. We speak to the institutions, we speak to we speak to the people that are kind of leading the the underground, the kind of revolution, and you find out what's going on. Um, and I think it's truly inspirational stuff if it can come to fruition. If it can come to fruition, brackets, underlined, inverted commas, the whole hydrogen thing, the whole hydrogen CCUS topic and debate. We had a, an event here at OGV Podium last week, just full of wonderful, exciting, interesting people doing amazing stuff in hydrogen. For me, the future of Aberdeen is about evolution and moving beyond, okay, what's what's been done is done. And whether in the 70s deals were done that let the money go out of the city, you know, why do we not have Uber? Why do we not have that? Well, we don't. It's about what we do now. It's about what we knew now as a city. I think there's going to be a fair bit of, there's been a lot of navel gazing. It's now time for reinvention. I think radical reinvention is is excellent. I take my hat off to um, the our Union Street team they get they get scoffed at by some people. I think what they're doing, and there's a swathe of people that think what they're doing is wonderful, but it's just the start. They'll tell you that themselves. It's just the start. It's just to get a bit of civic pride back in here. Meanwhile, on the commercial side, energy transition, offshore wind, blah, 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 
the city changing. You see new pockets of... Uh, I always used to wonder me, uh, uh, surprise me. I came from Glasgow, where Glasgow's like a little microcosm of New York for me. Some people laugh when I say that, but it's built on the same grid system and, and all of that. Yeah. But there's a thing about Glasgow. Um, Glasgow is quite happy to knock down and rebuild and start again. There's always buildings being built and things being trashed and start again. There's this sort of like culture of keep ahead, keep ahead, keep ahead. And the net result is when you go down to Glasgow, my son moved to Glasgow two years ago to go to uni and he's now a proper Ouija. He's a proper Gemi Ouija. You know, he went down. <laughs> I remember driving him to Glasgow and uh, I was like, listen, can I speak to you? And he said, if this is going to end up by me with me down a dark alley being chased by Rangers fans and being stabbed to death, because all these stories lead to me dying yeah. and being stabbed to death by <laughs> Rangers fans. Um, I was like, no, but listen, dude, you grew up in Kemney. I have no doubt that when you walk onto the high street in Kemney, people are like, there's Austin Doyle. He's a big, he's an ace face, right? I have no doubt that you've got cred on the high street in Kemney. Around, a, around the Kemney chipper, you're probably a big dog. Right. But Glasgow has a whole level, a whole multiple levels of crazy about it that you don't understand yet. And he's like, oh, God, here we go again. But he's just gone down and he's just thrown himself into Glasgow. And when he came back up the last time, he was like, Dad, what, what's happened to Aberdeen? And I'm like, where do we start, son? Where do we start? And he's like, I've had two years of exposure to a city that's really progressive, really pushing forward. It's dynamic. He said, any night of the week, he walked down from my student halls, he's now in a flat in Deniston, and walk down past the, the restaurants, the bars and the clubs are full. They're full. They're full. Some of them are next door to each other on entire streets where they're just next door to each other and they're spilling out onto the streets. People are just out enjoying life, less stressed and having a, having a great time. The museums are full. The cafes are full. There's a spirit and an energy around Glasgow. My daughter lives in Edinburgh. She's lived there since, since she went to uni. She's now 25. She's got a slightly different impression about Edinburgh, but Edinburgh's got this vibrancy about it, more steeped in heritage and culture and history. But um, And then he's, when they both come back to Aberdeen, they're like, it's like it's had its soul ripped out of it. It's like it's had its soul ripped out of it. But they are too young to know if it ever had a soul. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm deeply concerned about Aberdeen. Aberdeen's given me a wonderful life. My kids grew up here. I love Aberdeenshire as well as the as well as the city. I've got people here that have changed my life for the better, um, and I, I have lots of respect for what this city has allowed me to do, and it's given me the space to do it. And I want to do my bit to help support it and get it back, or get it to a new place. Maybe not get it back, yeah. get it to a new place. Yeah, I think it's interesting. <clears throat> you would say, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you would say get it to a new place. And you're also your comment about did it ever have a soul? Like, I don't know. So I came here first in 96 and was probably too self-absorbed to notice if it had a soul. But I, I know it had a fair old nightlife for me at that point. So I don't, I mean, I couldn't, and now I'm 50, I'm not really interested in clubbing and things. But I, I wonder, yeah, it's an interesting question. Did it ever have that soul that you speak of, like Edinburgh and Glasgow? quite obviously do. I mean, I spend a fair bit of time in Edinburgh now for reasons I'm not going to go into probably at this point. Well, I might as well. <laughs> my my girlfriend lives just outside Edinburgh. Right. Which part? Livingston. So Livingston. 20 minutes, 20 minutes on the train and you're in Waverley. Yeah, superb. But yeah, it's a, that's, that kind of feels more like my local city now. Like if I'm thinking of going out, that's where I'd be going. 
And that's not that's actually not anything against Aberdeen, but I guess she's not here. So when I'm in Aberdeen, I tend not to be going out. I'd be more like the head for the Shire, head for the hill or head a river. Hill. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. but I'm I'm kind of a fascinated observer. I've met up with Bob and had a look at the Dow Union Street thing, and I'm genuinely impressed with what him and Derek and all those folk are trying to do. But yeah, it's a that's a question, the one you asked. Did it ever have a soul? Did Aberdeen ever have a soul? Did it ever have yeah, and, and yeah, that's not a derogatory thing. That's just a question. Did it have did it have we're trying to achieve something with Aberdeen? And there's there's little pockets of activity all across the city and the Shire trying to trying to get and people talk about let's get it back, let's get it back. Um I came I came here in two thousand. I started crew changing out of Aberdeen in nineteen ninety, but it was literally hit Aberdeen, stay at the station hotel, heliport, offshore, and then the same in reverse, train station back to Glasgow. Yeah. I, I moved here in 2000 uh, from Glasgow and moved moved to, I bought a house in Kemney. I bought a house in Kemney. So my, my kids kind of grew up in Kemney. So for me, the the whole idea, I, I, I grew up in Erskine, which is about 12, 15 miles outside of Glasgow. And in the countryside, people laugh when I talk about the countryside outside Glasgow. It does have countryside. Um, and uh, And to me, the concept of, well, you live about 15 miles away from the city. That's what you do. So I bought a house in Kemney. So that's, yeah, that's what you that's what you did. So yeah, yeah, I I I love Aberdeenshire. I think a recent find, if you don't mind me just branching off, here's a little funny story. Mrs. Doyle hates camping, hates camping, hates the idea of it. Right? She'll walk up a hill, no problem. But as long as we're going back to a hotel room or back yeah. to the house, that's cool. She likes the country in doses. So halfway through lockdown. She's like pulling her hair out. You know, we're both working from home. She's like, we can't travel, we can't do anything, but. The campsites are open. So why don't we get a caravan? And I just, I think I was drinking a cup of tea at the time and spat across the, I was like, you want to get a caravan? And she's like, not only do I want to get a caravan, I've found it. It's in Dice Caravans. We're off. We're away. We're away to buy it. And uh, she said, it's like 10 years old, but it's immaculate. And I said, fine. I used to caravan in a previous existence with another wife, (laughs) previous wife. I'll do it, but you're going to hate it. She she didn't become a caravaner, but she the whole idea of using the caravan to get into nature, into a space that allows you to go and do stuff and yeah. have a little base in that space was awesome. So I think the first trip we ever made, she's like, why don't we go and do the Moray Coast? And I'm like, I don't know anything about it. Let's go. And she's like, neither do I. Let's go. We hit Hopman, Findochty or Finechty, whatever, whatever you want to say. We hit Findhorn. We hit all these stunning, stunning places. And we have as a couple, fallen in love with the beauty of the Moray Coast. It is phenomenal. And it's so great when we go to campsites there to see people from Yorkshire, to see people from London, to see people from Derbyshire that know about the Moray Coast but don't share it and keep it as their little secret. (laughs) I come here every year. We love it. It's fantastic. It's bloody great. Um, So, yeah, I'm just fascinated with the Moray Coast. Love it. So, yeah, Scotland. It is beautiful. I really, really appreciate that piece of coastline as well because I flew over it low level this summer. I was flying up to Papastua, up to Shetland with my pal Nick in a two-seat plane. We would have been at like 1,200 feet. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. Flew up there for the 50th anniversary party for mum and dad. And also for me, I guess, because I was born there just after they arrived as young idealistic hippies back in 1973. But yeah, flying over Scotland, low level, and over that part, yeah, it is beautiful. 
I mean, a lot of it's beautiful, other than Glasgow. Let's be honest. <laughs> I very dare you. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. I mean, there is beauty within. There's beauty in architecture. There's beauty in the culture of Glasgow. I I, re- I resented Glasgow for many years. When yeah. I used to go back, once I moved here, it was like, oh, get me out of here. I live in the country in Aberdeenshire. Now when I go back to Glasgow, there's like this wash over me. Like, I feel as if I'm going back home. Yeah. I feel as if I'm going back home. And maybe that's a... Maybe that's like the old dying elephant just being called back to go and lie down somewhere. But I feel I feel more attracted and more in harmony with Glasgow now than I've ever had in my life. Um, but yeah, there's 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 beauty in cityscapes. No, there is. I was only, I was just taking the piss. I actually I actually really enjoy Glasgow. I'm taking the mic. Scotland as a whole, though, there's a few directions I could go in here. I'm also conscious of the time because I'm off to get acupuncture soon for this numb arm. Have you ever had acupuncture? I have. Oh, I've had lots of acupuncture. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly. For some reason, so it was always musculature with me and rugby injuries and running injuries. Uh, you know, when they attach the the batteries to them to get an electric current going through them, that was a oh, thing. That was now, you've, now you've put me right off. What? Yeah. So, so <laughs> the, the lady that I used to go and see was wonderful. Um, but oh, it's actually, I've got muscle memory for once or twice, she would put needles in a particular area in a particular order. And she was like, this one's going to be, I can just sense from the muscle that this one's going to be, this one's going to be gritty. So she would yeah. put the needle in and it honestly, these little microfiber needles, it felt like she was putting a pneumatic drill, pressing it into my skin. When it went into the muscle, I could feel it in the back of my teeth. I could feel it in the back of my teeth. And when she twisted it, cause they twist them, um, yeah. eyes were watering. And then she attached these leads to them and connected them all together with a battery, which was to get heat in there and to make them vibrate. So I left there black and blue. I, my my, I don't know if that's a normal thing, but I'm, I'd go home and say, Sarah, have a look at my back. And she'd be like, my God, you're like black and blue. And I'm like, yeah. Um, but it really helped uh, in line with other things, massage and uh, physiotherapy and Pilates and all that kind of stuff. But you, yeah. You have just put me off. I'll be paying their cancellation charge. There's no fucking way I'm going now. <laughs> that sounds horrific, man. Sit down. Sit down, Mr. Holt. We're going to wire you up. Yeah. Holy moly. I thought the whole idea was they were meant to be such super fine needles that you could hardly feel them. Oh, my word. If they hit a spot which has got nerve association and tightness, uh, yeah, I, I, I could. it was like having she's, – she's in the bottom left-hand side of my back, putting these needles in and twisting them gently, just like this, and my, I feel it as if I'm having teeth removed. Amazing. Amazing how we're all connected, just like big. Doesn't, doesn't sound amazing. Sounds horrific. I'll be I'll be cancelling that appointment. Thank you very much, Eric. You've just you just saved me an hour and a half of my day. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a beer instead. That'll be a lot more. Go and jump in a more. river. Go and jump in a cold oh, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, actually, I probably will go jump in the river. That's a good point. <laughs> do you ever? Do you fancy doing that, or are you are you uh, addicted to cold showers only? Do you ever do the nature version? So I did, uh, there was a period about more than a year ago, more than, yeah, so it's probably, it's probably 2021, yeah, where we were going down every week to go in the North Sea, just in our, yeah. just in our skiddies in the, in the wintertime. And that I found that absolutely amazing, absolutely incredible. The rush and the, just the, the endorphins just being blasted out and then into the dry, the, dry robes and all that sort of stuff. So I've never done the rivers and I'd be quite happy to do it. In fact, I'd love to. Well, the sea, I love doing it in the sea as well, but I mean, the sea's always a tad warmer, but not not hugely. It's a couple of degrees, isn't it? But 
I mean, one of my favourite things is the sea on back on the island up in Shetland on the Croft. So I do, I do enjoy a sea dip as well, and it's still super refreshing cold. But yeah, the meltwater coming down out of the mountains, uh, you know, after Christmas and into Easter, it's just hard to beat that. Absolutely, I I love the for people who've just got into it, whether it's in the shower or whatever. The initial, the initial ten seconds that they do, or five seconds, it's, and then, and then, you know, not a huge amount of time after that, they're doing thirty seconds and going under, and the breath staying nice and controlled, and they feel as if they're in control. There's, they're getting all that amazing serotonin, dopamine, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, I just, I just think it's brilliant. I, I bought the Wim Hof book years ago, and and um, and just started getting into it, thinking it might be a bit of a fad, but. I think it's wonderful, but, and it kind of put me off with all this nasally stuff that I've got. I thought maybe I'll take a few months off, which I did, but I've gone back to it because it just makes me feel great. And if, and if anything, if anything, it's the worst you're going to feel in any day is that, (laughs) is that first initial. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear it isn't enough to cure whatever's going on with you, but if I come across any other cures, I do remember someone sending me something about it i'll I'll maybe dig it out it was basically like a detox method specifically designed around trying to detox after those vaccines so i'll i'll dig it out i think i know who sent it to me so i'll ask them i'll pass it on to you yeah i would love to see it i would love to see it and add it into the mix so fasting cold showers turmeric ginger and cayenne pepper every day um, my Victorian vape, my in- Himalayan salt inhaler, and scushing a couple of liters of saline water up my schnoz. Hi, you're, every day. You're, miss- you're missing something. What? Hold on. Oh yes, yes, yes. Clinality, yes. obviously. That hasn't changed. <laughs> that hasn't changed. Some things don't change. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely brilliant. That'll cure it at least temporarily because you won't <laughs> you won't notice it. It's purely medicinal, darling. Purely medicinal. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good to talk to you, Eric. Thanks for jumping on. Short notice. All I the best to you. Catch up with you soon. Cheers, Cheers buddy. Acupuncture. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.